Welcome to Saucer Cinema, the podcast about UFOs, aliens, and otherworldly phenomena in film, TV, and other media. I'm your host, Alex. For this inaugural episode, I am joined by Eric Thibany of the podcast Illogical Contraption, Nights After Dark. We discuss the 1989 film adaptation of Whitley Strieber's alien abduction classic, Communion, directed by Felipe Mora and starring Christopher Walken. I hope you enjoy it, and thank you for listening. With me today is Eric Thibony, a host of Illogical Contraption, Nights After Dark, a very entertaining conspiracy-themed podcast. How are you doing today, Eric? Hey, Alex. I'm pretty good. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I appreciate you having me on your flagship episode. Uh, It's very flattering. Uh, (laughs) Well, I figured, you know, I mean, I've been on your show a couple times and I figured if anybody's the one to do this first episode, it's going to be you. So (laughs) yeah, totally. (laughs) It's like what um, you said, flagship and, and saucer cinema. I'm trying to like, I'm picturing like a, like a flagship UFO of some sort in my head. (laughs) Like a a, a UFO yacht of some sort. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like the, uh, like the, the L Ron Hubbard Scientology uh, yacht, but the UFO version of that. Yeah. So, uh, movie we're uh, talking about today is communion um uh this is a film that and a book actually that i go way back with all the way to childhood it was like one of those formative books that i read when i was a kid and uh it's pretty much terrified me and uh <laughs> as a kid it pretty much like warped my brain forever um and the movie uh is an interesting adaptation of it uh would you have a history with the book or the movie uh, for me, the first time I saw the movie, uh, you know, I was aware of it from the poster and, you know, I'd see it in the video store. It was one of those mm-hmm. ones that like when you're browsing the sci-fi section or whatever, like you, you would see the, the cover of it with the, the alien over, uh, well, I think it's like the alien over Manhattan or something, the face in the sky. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then like walking, doing like doing like the, the, the fingertips together, like kind of intellectual look on the, yes, the yes. bottom. And so I, I knew that that poster super well but i had never seen it until like i want to say like 2015 like just relatively recently like past oh past five or six years uh because i didn't watch it when i was a kid uh but you know i was aware of whitley striber and his whole thing but the the movie uh that came across my radar when i got a text one night i think i was in uh i don't know like europe or somewhere like like far away i just got a random text from shelby from uh from my old uh podcast Ilkhan Radio and he the was just lamented like, Ilkhan Radio <laughs> yes RIP uh, but he was just like it, you could I could just tell by the way he was he was texting me that like he, he was like hey man uh have you seen communion like with Christopher Walken in it you should really check that out and like just the way it was phrased <laughs> I was like oh shit okay I gotta I gotta watch this and uh and so I did and we like we all got fucking obsessed with it like it just we fell into a, a vortex of of just communion you know yeah. communion land i think shelby was watching it like pretty much every night for a, a spell there um he was he was real into it he would like uh i think he would uh i probably shouldn't even say whatever but he would he would like he would like judge people by like how how uh 
how, how well they understood communion. Like, <laughs> like if, he, if, if he, he'd have people over, like, you know, like girl over or whatever. And it's like, she, if she didn't get communion, he was like, mm, that's, this ain't going to work out. Oh man. Yeah. That's, so it, was, it, it was a whole thing. I relate to that actually very oh, much. T- totally. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, me too. I feel like my whole um, life has been trying to get people to watch stuff like communion. And then <laughs> it's a whole vibe. It's like a whole thing. And like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think any of the critics got it back in the eighties when it first came out. It's totally uh, underrated, especially, especially back then. Uh, yeah. Even, I- even today. Yeah, I think it's still an underrated film. I think it's one of those movies. It came out, the book was a very, came out in late, I think, 87. It was a, a like a bestseller. It was like a phenomenon at the time. And then uh, they made this movie kind of like, you know, right afterwards. And it, it was it was made basically on a very, very low budget. Like, I mean, you know, Christopher Walken is a you know pretty well-known actor. But he wasn't like a huge megastar or anything. And the... Special effects obviously were, you know, limited, but with the budget they had and everything. So they, it's, it's, they, um, from what I can tell, they, it just did not really catch on except on video. And uh, I think on video, it did pretty well from what I, from what I gather. And uh, and that's where it really found its following. But uh, even Whitley Strieber, the author of Communion, wasn't particularly happy with it. um, And he wrote the he wrote the screenplay, too. It's I think it's worth mentioning. Like he was involved in the production. Oh, yeah, he absolutely was. Uh, He apparently just didn't wasn't happy with how it turned out, mostly because, you know, he I think he wanted probably a better, more polished, bigger budget version to present what his story or whatever happened. Yeah, it's. it's like a it's like a Stephen King with the shining sort of situation like the movies it's it's like so much uh, it's so good that he just he couldn't handle it I think although I haven't read the book so maybe the book is good too but oh the uh, book uh, yeah well actually I think we should get into the history of the case before we could actually go a little further um, perfect yeah like uh the book is um I I read the book actually when I was like 10 years old and it was like, (laughs) yeah, it was, it terrified me for life. It still kind of left its tentacles in me or probes or whatever you want to (laughs) say. Like sometimes at night, especially if I'm just like half asleep and I hear a noise, I'm just half expecting like to see a little gray alien peeking around the corner. Oh man. Yeah. Every time I see a dresser, I'm like, is there an alien behind that thing? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, um, it probably kept me afraid of the dark well past the age that should have happened. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty scary movie. Like there's, there's, especially for a kid, you know, there's a couple scenes in there that like uh, that'll get you. Oh, absolutely. Um, even now, like even today when I was watching, uh, rewatching uh, to refresh my brain on it, um, there's a scene early in the movie where the, uh, where his son uh, comes into like, they're coming to the cabin, you know, with their friends and everything like kid rushes into the room and like you don't see what he sees it seems like he sees something but he doesn't know how to talk about it and then they go in and he says oh there's a spider but he says but um after they find the spider he goes it wasn't just a spider i saw and it's right. just it's like this very creepy little eerie moment that yeah, very suggestive there's this, there's this whole thing in the movie about how like animals and like and like inanimate objects even like aren't what they seem like they're they're like the implication is that they're screen memories what are called screen memories like you know anything about ufos you know that like there's this whole thing about like aliens putting different memories into your mind so you don't remember that you saw the alien yeah yeah Uh, like it's usually like owls or 
mm-hmm. raccoons or horses or deer or some yeah. kind of anything with a big big eyes or black eyes is usually used as kind of like a screen memory uh, yeah but it, but in, in in communion in the movie they like they imply that like uh you know the spider is maybe something or like there's a there's a shot i just noticed it because i just rewatched it like two nights ago uh, yeah. for this podcast like there, there's a shot of um uh christopher walken looking at a picture of a wolf yes and like and you, you kind of get the impression that the wolf is like looking back at him yeah yeah he actually even says he, he does mention something about like the wolf coming out of the thing it sounds like he's just doing a flight of fancy but it also sounds kind of like he's uh, doing a um he's actually talking about something that happened but um yeah and it, it it's uh, the 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 wolves are and i just this is another thing i just caught like because whitley streber was a horror author before he, mm-hmm. he got abducted uh and and after too some would argue but he wrote uh wolfen which yes. is like super, super famous and uh yeah, also yeah, the yeah. hunger which is yep. the, amazing but, yeah which is actually like an iconic movie like all on its own you know yeah like oh David totally Bowie and um what was it Catherine Deneuve is it? yeah Whitley Strieber is like weirdly plugged into like you know reality like his, his the 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 things that his work touches on are like you know totally legit oh yeah yeah I mean unlike a lot of people who write about UFOs he's actually a skilled author who right. can actually write eloquently and uh and actually like has a way with words and, and can be actually very evocative and even poetic at times with some of right. the things he talks about right um, right but the but yeah the, the the wolf thing was just like i think he was supposed to be writing the wolf in during the movie or something maybe yeah uh, it's kind of unclear um yeah. but we actually should go back to the the basics of the case just so people know um whitley streber of course well as we just mentioned was this horror author and uh and he, he was like even being touted like as the next Stephen King, you know, he was an mm-hmm. up and coming horror author and he'd written a few uh, novels that had gone, been made into movies like the hunger and the Wolfen. And um, on uh, December 26, 1985, he had an experience at his cabin in upstate New York where uh, he, you know, recalled being taken aboard a craft and, rectally probed by inhuman beings <laughs> right from what i've read he mostly remembered what happened to him in the incident portrayed in raccoon union but he was not it was just something that he was too terrified to even think about and he didn't really um seem to uh know what to uh do about it and yeah like 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 in the movie he doesn't remember it at first like he has an experience and he it, it, like the way they do it's kind of cool because you know he, he he keeps he keeps having more and more memories of the thing as it as he goes under hypnosis and yeah. or whatever but right at the very beginning he just remembers like you know being in the cabin and there's like all this uh like light shining in from the outside in this big wooden cabin it looks super cool it's like it's like uh twin peaks vibes or something i'm mm-hmm. not sure but i i love how that shot looks like just with the light shining through the windows of the the log cabin at night like oh yeah it's, yeah it's totally uh it's totally a cool like, they really the, the really movie actually does a really good job of uh, setting the mood especially the incidents at the cabin and uh we just get glimpses of the aliens or whatever um visitors yeah. as he calls him yeah um it's done in such a nice dreamlike way to where you're like you're still kind of in his perspective of like what's going on. You just get these little flashes of it. It's actually, it's really well done. I was really surprised at how that happened. Yeah. And like, he doesn't like the, the way they do it in the movie, at least like he doesn't remember 
I think they go twice, don't they? Like do, he starts off with like like some friends of the family, like a, yeah, a that, German that was, couple or something. Well, I think his it was, I think his friends are Romanian or something. At least oh, in the Romanian. movie version, he's Romanian. Yeah. Okay, I, I yeah. missed that part, but yeah, this so, happened in the book too. Like the book starts with the incident that happens on the day after Christmas. It then backtracks to other incidents that he realizes were probably the same beings, you know, in his life, and then totally. Uh, the book's a bit more all over the place, you know, it's like, a, it's like his psychological journey through his life, basically looking back and realizing that his whole life has just was completely different than he remembered it being originally, because right. there's been this hidden presence in his life the whole time, which yeah, is just a mind-blowing concept. Yeah, he, uh, this actually might be a good time to just interject this little, this little thing. There's, sure. uh, so, uh, I, I just randomly was in like a used bookstore and I, I found another book by Whitley Stryber mm-hmm. that I ha- I was not aware existed and it's called Cat Magic. Are you, have you heard of this? I one? haven't, I haven't, I haven't read the, I haven't oh, read it. But, but it's got, okay. So it's got a great cover first of all. Yeah. And then, but on the back, it says, uh, I, I took a picture of it. Cause I was like, Oh shit, this is like just right on the, the nose. He says, I wrote cat magic in, in 1984. Well, before I was consciously aware of the visitors who figure in communion, communion is the story of how it felt to have personal contact with the visitors. The mysterious small be- uh, beings that figure prominently in cat magic seem to be an unconscious rendering of them created before I was aware that they may be real. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, said that about also the Wolfen too. Wolf, so he's yeah. gone back and, and like retconned like all of his, his books. And he's like, well, shit, I was, I, I must've just been writing about aliens the whole time. Yeah, basically. Except with Ritley Strieber, he never has said that there were aliens, which is something kind of interesting about him. Like he's That's actually a good point. Yeah. He's always been very cautious about saying what they are. Cause he doesn't know. He's like, he's always been clear that he does not know exactly what they are. Yeah. And the range of weird things that he's described happened to him uh, are quite <laughs> bizarre. To say oh, least. yeah. And that's key. That's a key takeaway, too, is that the, he doesn't he doesn't know. Like, well, I, I have some things to say about that later, like once we get into the actual alien stuff. But, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, he seems to believe what he's saying as far as like, you know, like I don't think he's like a like a hoaxer guy, like because it didn't really help his career. Really? I think he had a pretty no. big success with communion. But after that, he was pegged as a UFO guy. I mean, but uh, who knows where he would have gone if with if the communion stuff didn't pop out? Yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say where 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 were we in the the narrative of the uh, the oh the, the story? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, so he had this incident at this cabin, and then of course he started going crazy from paranoia and just had all these memories of these weird things, and he did find eventually psychiatric help, and they tested for epilepsy. He did not have epilepsy, and then he. Um, uh saw a he was actually i think recommended to bud hopkins the famous abduction researcher okay by what by his own psychiatrist actually who knew bud hopkins and he was hypnotized and then you know he was able to remember this incident without the fear that accompanied it and i was able to help him yeah it's like after he almost shoots his wife because he's trying to shoot at aliens in the the cabin (laughs) i'm not sure if it came to that point in the book or not i don't remember exactly but in, right. in the movie, he is, yeah, he's just going crazy because yeah, well, something's bugging him, <laughs> he yeah, just, like, but he doesn't know what it is. Yeah, full on like Christopher Walken, like, you know, walking downstairs, like just kind of bug eyed, like with a shotgun. He sees like a little blue man behind a vase and just yeah. shoots at it. And 
Then his wife comes down and screams or something. It's a pretty unnerving scene. Uh, I think it's after he's had the Christmas incident or whatever. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. like, at least in the movie, it's moving the vase around on the table for some reason. Right. <laughs> I don't so know it, what it does. It's in t- it has an interior uh, decorator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tra- trying for a new career. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's what they came to his cabin for is like, honey, yeah, you got to like... change the- <laughs> what this place looks like. <laughs> we come all the way across the galaxy to fix your cabin, man. <laughs> Man, I, I would watch that show on Bravo. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Alien interior. <laughs> you could do that, a lot worse. That would be the like a better like, like a better version of queer eye for the straight guy, except it's like, you know, uh, alien eye for the straight for, guy or whatever. For the Earthling. Alien eye for the Earth guy. Yeah. <laughs> that would fucking be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, should we mention how off off the wall Christopher Walken is? Yeah, in this movie? I mean that is kind of one of the main things about this movie. So, we've like, been we've been saying it's a very good movie, which it is, and it's a good representation of alien abduction, which it is. But Walken is like cranked up to about eleven. Yeah, it's it's you know what I think it is. It's like the you know that scene in John in being John Malkovich where he goes inside his own head. Yeah, and it's like all these other people are just. John Malkovich himself talks saying Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. I kind of feel like this movie is the Christopher Walken version of that in it's, a weird way. It's my personal favorite Walken performance by a mile. Like it's just, it's pure Walken. It's so entertaining. Like he's just off his nut, dude. He's like fucking just, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, he's having fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, he's having a good time. Yeah, I'm cooking here. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. Yeah, he's smacking his computer. It's it's like man, in the in the in the beginning there, like he's approaching like Tommy Wiseau levels of just like weirdness. Like there's yeah. almost a little bit of overlap. Like he he dials it back later on, but like he's there's a couple scenes where he's just like talking to himself and he's like he's trying to write. So it's like Christopher Walken's interpretation of how a writer is going to act yeah. when, he, when he has writer's block. So he's like hitting the computer and shit, and, you know, trying to videotaping himself. Yeah. You could tell that's what you can tell uh, with that, that this was late made in the late, late eighties, early nineties is that everybody's videotaping <laughs> yes. each other. Smacking their MS DOS word processor. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, apparently Whitley Strieber was not very pleased with that performance because like, because he's basically portrayed as a madman. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you uh, see that like quote? Um, I think it's, it's on the IMDb site, and uh, it, it says, uh, "I hold on, I, I, I actually clipped it out because it was totally funny." Uh, w- while serving as executive produ- producer, Otley, I can't talk. Author Whitley Stryber expressed concerns about Christopher Walken's abilities in portraying him. When Stryber finally told Walken that he might be portraying him as a little too crazy, Walken replied, "If the shoe fits." yeah uh (laughs) i yeah i I mean i think i think that's basically the thing is that walking himself probably just does not take that aspect of it seriously clearly not no he's he does not believe this shit one bit but he's good in the movie that's the thing he He still is good he's still you know he's still a good actor and he's still like the psychological aspect is probably the part that appealed to him as an actor, I would imagine. Like, you know, yeah. the, you know, this guy who just feels like he's losing his mind, you know, and mm. uh, apparently Strieber wanted Dan Aykroyd to play him. <laughs> oh, is that right? I never heard that. That would that's that would totally work. 
Dan Aykroyd loves this shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also Dan Aykroyd is probably more personality, like probably closer to Whitley Strieber than uh, Christopher Walken, who's kind of a definitely, definitely. (laughs) But but at the same time, the Christopher Walken's intense bug eye look and everything has gotten us. It just adds to the alien thing. Has a weird resonance to it. I think that makes it work. Yeah, yeah, it would not be the same movie if Christopher Walken was not the the lead role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His wife, uh, Lindsay Cross, I think really anchors it and makes it more down to earth, you know. And totally. uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's good. She's trying has to deal with the Christopher Walken, the, the full brunt of his insanity. And yeah, she, uh, before you know. and after Alien. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. He's it's like you, you ever hear that thing about like uh, stage actors, like when you, you can't start King Lear like too intensely because it just then you don't have anywhere to go. It's like it, it should be the same thing in this movie, except except walking starts like fucking. Yeah, as, he's as, off at 11. As, yeah, he's, he's he's as crazy as you can be at the start. So it's like, it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm cooking. I'm cooking. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we should just read a sample of like some of the lines in this movie. I mean, I, I don't I don't know whether half of these were improvised or were in the actual script or were a combination of both. But <laughs> OK, here. Uh, here we go. This is from IMDb quotes. Um, Whitley Strieber as an alien readies the rectal probe. Can we talk this over? Looks like you're going to sing White Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that because the because the 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 probe looks like a microphone. Yeah. Like when they pull it out of the wall, it looks like uh, RE20, like the famous broadcast microphone. It looks a lot like that. And so he pulls it out, and, and that's that's the fucking uh, the zinger. It yeah. looks like you're going to sing White Christmas. Yeah, he's just he's just crack wise cracking throughout this movie. Yeah, it's like that's like a Rodney Dangerfield line. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one of my favorites even though it's not really it's like it makes sense within the context of the movie but it just sounds funny in the movie anyway it's like crack the rip drive the slaves off to another cocktail party make them babble about glass notes i've lost another day here (laughs) (laughs) man i don't even remember that one that's he's just like talking through half you know it's like yeah yeah yeah. it's it's great i mean it is it is honestly one of the least boring movies ever made (laughs) in that sense oh totally like there's never a scene where he's not doing something weird or interesting yeah 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 what Um, else uh oh yeah let me get it back up some of these are kind of like uh really just generic like regular lines like i don't want to be crazy like why'd you put that in the freaking quote section (laughs) (laughs) because there's so many more in this the wolves in the closet, wolves in the basement, wolves all over the place. They look at this is where he's like doing a doing a uh, like a voice. He goes, "There are wolves in the closet, wolves in the basement, wolves all over the place. They work in advertising. They sell junk food and beer. They eat gigantic hamburgers and they drink <laughs> cold beers with the baseball games and the TV in the backs of the potato chips that are big enough to feed a horse." Yeah, pretty good. They have a lot of fun. They go to baseball <laughs> games. They have a heck of a good time. <laughs> wolves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the context of it is always like, it's 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 it, it sort of makes sense, but not really. Like it's yeah, it's, it's weird. It doesn't. He's even definitely make... just like taking a. He's like he's like jazz. You know, he's just like taking a skeleton and just riffing on it. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> like again, it just adds a unique vibe to the movie. Even though, the movie does take itself fairly seriously. It's not like you know the tone of the movie is not jokey. Right, but uh, it. 
yeah, it's, it's a weird balance, you know, that's, that's, it's hard to like pin down, but it, 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 it works. Uh, yeah. At least, yeah. At least for I, me. Yeah. I mean, another aspect of the film that I think probably worked against it when it came out. And I know um, some, I know Whitley Strieber wasn't happy with it because, you know, they weren't able to get a huge budget for it, but uh, the effects, like the actual aliens, like they're not, realistic looking and that they're not really made out to be realistic they're just sort right. of like it adds to the dreamlike feel yeah i mean it adds to the whole point too like it, i mean exactly. when you really like drill drill down on it um like what he's talking about is the fact that like i don't i mean do you want it should we talk about the end scene because like, yeah that's, sure. kind of, that's like that's kind of the meat of it really yeah it's like, sure we'll go right into it, that like he's because he okay so he keeps seeing you know these aliens so at the end he decides that he has to go back and like confront them or whatever so he drives yeah. back out to the cabin and there's like a light out there and he he walks into the ufo or whatever and it he's is. dressed up, he's dressed up like a man in black classic man in black too he totally is, yeah the fedora the i don't know how him. i don't know how intentional that is but it was like very resonant I, I, I liked it i noticed that too yeah. yeah it was like a yeah it was very classic like the, the look but uh, he anyway, he goes in and and like uh, the, he he high fives the aliens, the little blue aliens yeah. that, have been, that have been fucking with him. They like give him high fives, and then he, then he like dances with them. Yeah, there's like a there's an alien like disco dance scene for a second. Yeah, where yeah, where yeah. All he, he does a series of bows, and then and then and then he's like finally getting that. Oh, they're they're not necessarily enemies, or they're they're part of me, or something. I don't know what the yeah, hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he well he so he does that, and then. And then like he turns around and there's, it's like, he sees himself, uh, yes. but, but it's, it's magician walking. Yeah. He's, he's got a magician's musician assistant. Yeah. yeah. Like the full stage magic outfit with the, the top hat and the assistant, like the, the beautiful blonde, you know, yeah. Stage yeah. assistant. Uh, and, uh, and then he starts talking to himself and like, I don't know, for me, that scene is like the fucking pinnacle of, of, pretty much everything <laughs> like yeah. that's one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever oh wow yeah yeah well because like it, it basically the the, the magician walking talking to regular or regular walking which yeah. is hilarious to say <laughs> regular <Right>. walking <laughs> um but uh he's basically telling him you will never will never show you what we really are so just deal with that you know and right he's he goes well the alien takes its mask off right like he so he walks back in and they he the you know magician walkins like we you know i got something to show you or whatever so he taps his hat and like does a, a thing and then the 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 gray alien like takes half of its face off yeah and it's like this weird rubber like like boscus kind of thing yeah yeah no, like it looks super cheesy yeah and and you know walkins like no that's that's not it I don't yeah. believe it. I didn't that's, come all this way for that to be it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a Chinese box, isn't it? It's like, you know, right. there's, you just one layer after another, you know, and then the, right. there's another inside and another inside and another inside. So in that sense, like the fact that the aliens look all rubbery and like fake, like is just dead on with the point of, of yes. this movie is that it's not the gray aliens themselves. It's not the blue aliens. There's like something behind it controlling it through these puppets or like these visions or whatever it is that's fucking with people right like there's exactly. some other intelligence using that as like a glove yeah exactly i mean that that's and that's like that goes back into the uh, whole um 
the Jacques Vallée, John Keel kind of school of ufology and that whole right. thing. You know, the whole idea of like intelligent entities from another universe or wherever manipulating human perception or, or reality itself to to communicate, but using these kind of archetypal symbols that are, you know, and images from pop culture or mythology or whatever to, you know. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's me too. Great, it's the movie. It does a really eloquent job of explaining that in the movie and doing that, of demonstrating that movie. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like it's the, you and he's the magician walk and tells him, he's like, well, he's talking to himself, right? Cause he's talking back and forth, but he yeah. goes, you're not going to allow me to see what you really are. Are you? That's a good idea. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah, you're not going to be allowed to see. Yeah. So it's, it, let's, let's just get that clear. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and then he just wakes up. <laughs> at in on the side of the road in a, uh, in a right but he van. the the um i want to just point out the the final image of in the spaceship is like if you, you gotta you, you gotta check this out everyone everyone listen you gotta check this shit out like when walken puts the magic wand up to his his temple like an alien like yeah. an alien antenna coming out and like twists it and winks fucking goddamn dude that that image is like that i love that shit that 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 sums it up man yep it's all it's all about it's all about uh it's it's the the interdimensional like the third eye and it ties in magic too which i've never seen another alien movie do yes yeah that's a good that's a good example well in the book see whitley streber who um has himself who has a who way way before he was actually ever a famous author or anything um was a uh it was was you know he was a film student in london which is actually where he met the director of this movie um oh. yeah and he um and he was also a practitioner of uh what you might call it uh, was it gurdjieff you know that guy you know that the um he's like that he's like one of those mystic people that some people have like followings of i don't remember sure his name. sure yeah 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 and he, he was like a, he was like a uh so he yeah he had experience with mystical stuff and 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 things like that before this he was not he wasn't particularly interested in aliens or anything but he definitely had like a sort of a at least some familiarity with occult imagery and occult things and and uh, mystical things and so he um in the book he's like he's like you know I I feel like there's a connection with things like that in the like he you, he's there's a lot of speculation in, in communion but it's all like question mark like what is this he's he's they like communion is basically his attempt to just work this shit out <laughs> yeah right yeah he had this crazy thing happen to him his whole reality changed and now he's trying to process it and deal with it yeah and he just happens to be a, a writer who's an eloquent writer at it right. so like that's the, and, the 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 magical and i'll just touch on this real quick because it's a yeah. little outside of the bounds of of uh you know the movie but the 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 if you're if you dive into the uh the the magic occult aspect behind aliens like you'll you'll come across something called the amelantra working by alistair crowley which he did yeah. in i think uh, uh 1918 1919 like uh, upper west side new york city he yeah. opened a portal and it's it's he was contacting this entity called lamb and he drew a picture of this thing and it looks exactly like a gray alien and it's like the first Yep. You know, the first image that looks remotely like that, right? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it, I would say there, there's there's a there's actually some uh pretty famous cave paintings in in um Australia. There's oh, good good call. Yeah, there's probably older stuff. But yeah, but but as far as like yeah, the what like western images. Yeah, it, it, it's it's certainly a a a 
a milestone, right? Like a, it's a, it's a very famous like uh, yeah image because it you know it looks just like the grays. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like it's like wow, that's an interesting image of an alien. No, that was made by Aleister Crowley in the early nineteenth of the twentieth century, early twentieth right, century. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then like uh, L. Ron Hubbard and what's the uh, Parsons, Parsons, Jack Parsons yeah. tried tried to redo that like in right right before Roswell happened. So there's yeah. like this weird connection there. Anyway, it's it's worth pointing out, I think, just because of the, the the fact that communion like explicitly uses a magician for the 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 role of the alien, right? The alien intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean it I it it really is full of like rich kind of imagery and symbolism in it. Like and uh yeah. There's actually a Twin Peaks connection too. Um, oh, nice! With the uh, with owl stuff, especially like. Oh yeah. Yeah, like like uh, when I I mean when I originally saw Twin Peaks, um, you know I I'd already been a UFO, you know, obsessive for many years, and I I mean I I didn't see Twin Peaks till after the fact, like the early two thousand mid two thousands or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it when it came on originally, but um, when I got to that point where they're talking, you know, have like. We're talking about the owls are not what they seem and like the owls being like these uh sort of like familiars or representations of these non-human entities i was like oh man this this show is keyed in <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, turns out it, mark frost definitely was keyed into this shit oh man yeah yeah frost like specifically knows like he's he's like you know studied all of this same stuff and then like david lynch just kind of i don't think he cares about it but he instinctually like he understands like the the deeper levels of like you know symbolic images and, and oh yeah yeah I, I feel i feel i feel like lynch just can just get that stuff instinctually he just yeah yeah right you put and you put both of them together and you get twin peaks yeah it was magic <laughs> totally <laughs> to bring us yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> to what we we're talking about but um and we'll, we'll i'll be definitely doing an, um, another episode of, about twin peaks specifically because that that Beautiful. there's a whole vein of stuff especially Especially in um, the second season and the Firewalk with Me and in the the Return, there's like mm. a lot of stuff that yeah. ties back to this kind of subject matter. But yeah, um, the yeah the Return is something I could talk. Man, you talk about that show for oh yeah yeah to, forever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it is one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest gifts ever given to us <laughs> by by, yeah. by an artist like that late in the game like that like. We, yeah. we can go off on a tangent about that somewhere. Yeah, time. yeah, I gotta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back to back to communion. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things about uh, uh, the, I mean, I I wouldn't say favorite things, but one of the more amusing. Well, it's probably not amusing to Whitley Strieber, but you know, is that this is kind of the movie that kind of introduced the anal probe to pop culture <laughs> or the book in the oh, movie. right. Yeah, that and just yeah, a lot of the the classic things that go along with like alien abductions, like this, it was definitely was the the first exposure of. Yeah, mass exposure, I would say. Totally. I mean, definitely some of this stuff had predated Streber because like you know, there were definitely other UFO cases and other abduction cases, but like uh, as far as like a mass selling book. Yeah, um, and they they had a problem with it after it came out because like every you know it was so big that like. It, they, they couldn't be sure in like you know ufo groups and, and whatever like whether people were having authentic experiences or whether, whether they just like read communion and you know. yeah exactly i mean apparently a lot of people seem to feel like communion was like woke them up to what happened to them but then again it's like a chicken egg kind of thing you never really yeah. know 
right. um, with this stuff. I mean, and who the hell knows for real? Because it's like, it's just now this stuff is like alien abduction stuff is so absorbed into our culture now that it's just hard to look at it uh, with any kind of objectivity or anything. Right. Yeah. But it's, uh, I still think going back to like this, like these original movies where this stuff was first popularized not necessarily first talked about but first dip but first popularized or first portrayed uh at least in a visual way is worth doing because it really yeah also i, I also just find this movie just a very interesting snapshot of a period totally yeah and all the like the apartments that he visits like his, uh, his psychologist's office like she's like the the interior decor is all like just on the nose 80s you know, yeah or 80s yeah. like pop pop art or whatever yeah well actually a lot of the stuff she has tends to be like all this like uh like these that uh, like this old tribal and stuff statues and things like that little, yeah, little yeah it's like older yeah pop art is the wrong word but it's like it's the 80s aesthetic it's like stuff that you wouldn't display necessarily today like the, the way in which it was done I yeah for sure for sure yeah. yeah she definitely had that kind of um i don't know what the vibe is i don't i don't know what to call it am i i'm i am i am i I'm not a, uh, I'm not like a, I couldn't tell you like what the style of decor it would be called or anything, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta contact those aliens and get them to, to yeah. come down and, uh, and <laughs> honestly, and my apartment could definitely use a little sprucing yeah. up <laughs> mine too. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get right on that. I'm going to do a ritual and try to open a portal in here and uh, see if the grays have anything to say about my fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I think, that about wraps it up um eric i really appreciate you coming on and talking about this i mean i think oh yeah it's my pleasure. we could be going on all all week about this stuff there's so many different yeah. tangents to touch on um but i think as far as the first episode goes i really thought this went well and i really appreciate your help here <laughs> great yeah yeah anytime uh, this is, was totally fun uh, i think uh, i think communion really uh it does the ufo thing justice that's definitely my favorite of the of those uh, movies and I, I think it i think it hits on all the the most important points about uh, about aliens yeah i would actually really recommend reading the book too um it's it's definitely worth a worth a read i mean as long as you, you know don't read it right before bed right. <laughs> yeah check behind your dressers before you go to sleep yes and just make sure you don't have the shotgun right near your bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't. all right take care Right, good night. Thanks again to Eric for appearing on this episode. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Illogical Contraption, Nights After Dark. If you have any constructive comments, movie suggestions, or stories of your own otherworldly sightings or encounters, drop us a line at saucercinemapod at gmail.com. <laughs>